Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. The word I'm going to share with you this morning was the word that I had planned to share on January 10th. So that's 14 days ago. In fact, if you grab the uh, printed version of the outline, it says January 10th, but not. All right, today is January 24th, and I'm just so glad to share this word. Um, as, I, as I shared with you the first Sunday of the year on the 3rd, and then uh, Pastor RJ shared with us on the 10th, and then we were totally online last Sunday. These first few Sundays of the year, I felt like the Holy Spirit said, set up the, the prophetic theme of the year. And so if this is your first time joining us this year, this will be new. But if you've been with us already, uh, or you've been with us already this year, or watched us online, this won't be new to you, right? But we're setting up our theme, and I really encourage you, if you missed uh, any of the, uh, the first couple of Sundays of the year, go back and listen to our podcast. It'll help you uh, really catch up. But uh, this verse that we're going to be memorizing and quoting all year long. Can we get it up here on the screens? Hey, if this is your first time here, this is the first Sunday we have multiple screens. It used to only be that one. So who's excited about that? Who could actually see this morning all the way in the back? Hallelujah. All right. But our verse of the year, 2021 theme verse is from Acts 6, 7. Let's read it all together. Then the word of the God spread and the number of disciples multiplied greatly. Acts 6, 7. Come on, let's do that again. Everybody, ready? Go. Then the word of God spread and the number of disciples multiplied greatly. Wow. Acts 6-7. 2021-the word God gave us, the theme God gave us for this year is multiply. And all year long, you've already said this too, you've already heard this a couple of times and we're going to hear it all year long. All year long, what we want to do is multiply the culture of Jesus through the words of Jesus. Hey, we'll try that one more time. Ready? We're going to multiply the culture of Jesus through the words of Jesus. This is what discipleship really is. This is what the kingdom really is. And we're going to keep coming back to this phrase again and again today and throughout the year. But multiplication of disciples happens, as we see in Acts 6, 7. Multiplication of disciples happens when the word of God, what? Spreads, right? It's the spreading of the words of God, the words of Jesus, that multiplies his culture, right? His kingdom. The word of God was never meant to be contained. Although throughout history, the enemy and society has tried to contain, shut up, snuff out the word of God. The word of God was never meant to be contained and it never will be contained. The darkness will never put out the light. And it's the spreading. Come on, let's do this together. It's the spreading. Don't hit nobody. All right, come on. Act like you got a, a handful of seeds. And it's the spreading of the word of God, which is the primary means through which 
disciples are made and multiplied. Okay? Speaking, speaking of the word and multiplying the culture of Jesus through the words of Jesus, I told you guys back on January 3rd that we were going to do this in 2021, and I'm happy to tell you that we're going to start next Sunday. Okay? Starting next Sunday, this year, together, okay, all together as a church family on Sundays, we are going to read word for word through the entire gospel of Mark, okay? Because the gospel of Mark is the most uh, concise gospel. You know, you got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The other gospels um, are, are sort of from a different perspective, and some tell more history and more details. But Mark is just straight to the point. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ, and it contains all of the red letters. Come on, say red letters. What is, what, if, if, if you read uh, uh, the Bible in the New Testament, when you see the red letters, what is it? It's actually Jesus' words, okay? All of God's words are powerful and alive. But Jesus' words are literally the word of God himself speaking. And I believe this year, as we read through all together the gospel of Mark, and we focus on Jesus' words, I believe that the culture of Jesus is going to be multiplied through the words of Jesus as we examine his word. So go ahead and be ready to start with Mark next Sunday, right? We could say that 2021 is the year of the red letters. Now, going back to Sunday, January 3rd, we learned from Mark, actually, about the parable of the seed scatterer, okay? The parable of the sower. It was a story that Jesus told about a farmer who went out and he scattered his seeds, right? We learned two very, very important things um, on that Sunday. We learned that God multiplies his word, because that's the first thing we're focusing on, right? God multiplies his word in two ways, all right? The first way, when the word of God is fully received and it multiplies inside of our life until it takes over every part of our life. That's called? Starts with an S. It's the S word. Sanctification. Ah. See, y'all need to go back to listen to January 3rd's uh, podcast. When the word of God is fully received and it's allowed to take over every part of our life, it multiplies inside of us first. Okay? It's called sanctification. But the second way the word of God multiplies is when we scatter it and plant it in others. And we call that Discipleship, disciple-making, very good. You guys are making me feel like a great teacher this morning. Well, today I want to talk about, very specifically, about this idea of the culture of Jesus. Come on, turn to somebody and say, it's a culture. The kingdom, listen, the gospel of Jesus the people of God, the move of God, is not a building, it's not an organization, it's not a club, thank God, it's not a philosophy, it's not a religion, it's a kingdom. The kingdom of heaven. 
And just like every kingdom or nation or people group on the earth have a, has a culture, the kingdom of God has a culture. Problem is, sometimes we're in the kingdom, but we haven't learned the kingdom culture and we're struggling. So I want to focus on the culture of the kingdom of God today. So let's just talk a little bit about culture. Because remember, 2021, we are multiplying the culture of Jesus through the words of Jesus, right? So there's a lot of talk about culture lately. Hello? There's a lot of talk about culture in recent years. I mean, culture's always been around, but I don't know why it's such a buzzword lately. There's a whole lot of talk about culture, right? There's the culture of your family, right? Your family culture. Every family has sort of a different culture. There's culture in business. There's church culture. There's regional culture. There's national culture, right? But where I want us to really think right now is what actually makes a culture a culture? When you think of culture, whether it's your own family culture, your business culture, our church culture, our, our cities or regions culture, our nation's culture, the culture of another nation or another region of the world, what makes a culture a culture? Okay, let's make it, let's bring it to the south, all right? Let's bring it to Hotlanta. What makes our culture our culture. Come on, tell me. I want to hear it. Sweet tea. Hospitality. Okay. What else? Everybody's saying food. I was going to get to that one last, but everybody's saying food. All right. Yeah, our culture, it's not just food. It's like good food. Right? Like in the South, it's not just food. Y'all, we don't eat Kentucky Fried Chicken. Kentucky Fried Chicken no, no, not Kentucky Fried Chicken if you like Kentucky Fried Chicken, but Kentucky Fried Chicken is not, like, we, when we have fried chicken, we have, good, we have Chick-fil-A. Just kidding. No, no. <laughs> Atlanta culture is Chick-fil-A. It amazes me to see the lines just wrap around the building and all the way out into the street. But it's all about, it's, it's, it's not just, we don't just eat. Come on, somebody. In, in the South, we don't just eat pizza, hamburgers, and hot dogs, Right? We got to get us some good fried chicken, fried shrimp, collard greens, grits. Some of y'all look at me like, what are you talking about? Sweet tea. I'm sorry. Liz and I are doing the whole 30 right now. Help me, Jesus. It is not compatible with Southern culture. Let me just say that. But good food, not just food, but good food. Somebody said, uh, Ariana said hospitality. What's something else about Southern culture? Respect. Respect for elders, right? How many of you if, you, if you didn't grow up in the South, you were probably shocked when you came to the South to be told, yes, ma'am, or yes, sir. I remember when I lived in another culture and I said, yes, ma'am. And I'm like, why are you calling me ma'am? Am I old or something? I'm like, no, we just say ma'am. Sorry. Another thing about Southern culture, if you've noticed, is Southern culture is the most diverse culture. In the South, especially metropolitan Atlanta, we have one of the most diverse racial and cultural, culturally diverse areas of the country. 
okay? So there are a lot of things that make a culture a culture, but if you'll notice, almost everything, if not everything we said, is a value. It's a value, right? We don't just eat food, we eat good food. It's a value to us. Respect, it's a value. Hospitality, it's a value. What makes a culture a culture is its values. Come on, say values. Value, and and this is where I want to really go with this today. Values create and express culture. Values create and express culture. In fact, we could say that culture, you guys with me? Culture is the outward expression of the values of a group of people. It's the shared values, the values that we all share as a group of people that create our culture. There's a really uh, another word that's very, very important here. What we value creates our environment. Culture and environment are just the outward fruit, the outward expression of the values that we embrace. Come on, everybody, say values create culture. Now, let me just give you some, uh, some fun culture words, all right? Who in this room has ever experienced culture shock? Culture shock, okay? Who moved to the South but isn't from the South? Did anything shock you? I lived in Mexico for eight years, and let me tell you, it was very shocking at the beginning, okay? Who's ever been to a foreign country? You've ever traveled to a foreign country? Or just another part of the United States that was like, whoa, that's different. <laughs> Culture shock is this feeling that, uh, of, of shock and discomfort because in this new environment that I'm not used to, there's different values, right? If you come from a small town culture, the value of slow and wave at everybody and all that, and you move up and you get downtown Atlanta, uh, you're going to be shocked by the traffic and by they don't wave. They will do something else with their hands, right? Culture shock is that feeling of discomfort and shock because there's different values, right? What about culture wars? Culture wars is the struggle between groups of people because they have different values, right? Oh, this is another one that's been said a lot lately, and I'm not going to go there, but let me tell you. What about cancel culture? Cancel culture is basically this. Let's just get rid of the values we don't like, okay? Let's get rid of the values we don't like. But the word, the, 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 the term I really want to zero in on today is this one, and it is counterculture, okay? Counterculture is this. It's when a group of people live according to different values than the values of their culture. A counterculture. It goes not with the flow, but against the flow. Rather than just going with the flow and embracing and adopting and just kind of mindlessly going along with the values that the culture around me has created, right? Rather than just blending in with the environment. Come on, tell somebody, you're not meant to blend in. 
We're not Christians. We're not called to be chameleons. Not to just kind of blend in with our surroundings and look like everybody else. No, a counterculture happens when within a culture that has its values, there's a group of people that have different values. And they're going to live according to different values than the values of the culture. Now today, what I want to talk to you is about counterculture. And, and, and the title of today's message is, is counterculture. No, wait, not just any counterculture. Today we're going to talk about encounter culture. All right? Because you guys... The culture of the kingdom of God is a counterculture, and we embrace it. But today I want to talk to you. I want us to really examine, and I felt like the Holy Spirit told me this morning, this is like, like a spiritual father message. You are to communicate to the family today what this family culture is, okay? Today we're going to talk about encounter culture. Tap somebody and say, we got a culture. Okay, encounter culture. Three more sort of cultural buzzwords. These are words that kind of get thrown around and they're sometimes correctly used and sometimes they're incorrectly used, but just three more words that have to do with culture, okay? Vision, mission, and values. How many of you have had to learn the vision, mission, and values of your company where you work, right? Vision, mission, and values, okay? Now, what is vision? Well, vision is very simple. Vision is what we see, right? Vision shows us the future. Vision is like, it's like the dream of the future. The vision is the desired outcome, the end result we want to see, right? So vision is what we see in the future. It's the end result. Mission, it's different. It's, a little, it's very similar to vision, but mission is a little different. Mission tells us what to do. Vision tells us what we want to see. It shows us the future, but our mission just actually tells us what to do. What's the task at hand? How do we work, okay? How, what, what do we need to actually do to see the vision come to pass? And then that brings us to values, which is where we really want to hone in today, okay? Are we ready for this? Yeah. Values create and express the culture in which the vision can come to pass and the mission can be accomplished, right? How many of you know you can want to see something happen, but if you don't know what to do and there's not the proper environment for it to happen, it ain't gonna happen. If we want to truly do what we're called to do, if we wanna truly take the task at hand by the horns, right? and do it, and we really actually want to see the vision happen, there's got to be the proper environment or culture for that to be able to happen. A strong culture helps us stay on track. Strong values, come on. Strong values will help you stay on track. If my values aren't strong, 
I won't stay on track. I'll be easily derailed. I may have a vision. I may even know the mission. I may even know what I'm supposed to be doing. But if I don't have strong values, I will be derailed. I'll get off track. I'll get unfocused. Strong values, a strong culture, a strong environment makes it possible for for me to do the mission and to end up seeing the vision come to pass, right? So, if you are new here at Encounter Church, this may be new to you. In fact, we realize uh, because we used to have it plastered all over our walls, our vision and our mission, right? Our vision and our, we, we used to have in our, in our last building, we had an entire wall that was a mural of our vision and our mission and our values, right? And since we've moved into this wonderful new church facility that we love so much, we're still working on it. We're not there. But if you've been around for any length of time, you'll be able to answer this very, very easily. But if you're new, I want you to grab a hold of it today. Chandra said it. Our vision here at Encounter Church is helping people encounter God. Everything we do, we have that as the end result in mind. We want to help people experience and encounter God in a real way, not just one time, not just two times, not just on Sundays, not just in the encounter retreat, but one, the thing we want to see overarching at the end of the day, through everything we do, we want to say, people encountered God. That's what we see. It's our dream. And we're very clear on our mission as well. Again, if this is new, you're going to grab a hold of it today, and soon it's going to be on the wall somewhere, okay? But what do we actually do? How do we help people encounter God? What's the task? It's it's three words. Who remembers RDR? What? Reach, disciple, and revive. Our mission, the task at hand is to reach, disciple, and revive. Revive. This is what we do. This is how we help people encounter God. Reaching people, leading people to Christ, right? Disciple, making disciples of Jesus, teaching people to follow and imitate Jesus, and revive an atmosphere, a place where the presence of God is welcome, is tangible, where the Spirit of God can move and you can encounter Him. Reach Disciple, revive. Come on, let's say it. Reach, disciple, revive. But what creates the culture or the environment where this can happen? I mean, great. We want to help people encounter God. And we know we want to reach people. We want to make disciples. We want to see revival come. But you guys, that would just simply be a nice thought if we don't provide the proper culture, the proper environment in which that can take place. This year's focus is to multiply the culture of Jesus through the words of Jesus. 
And you're going to notice something as we progress throughout 2021. Every single message this year is going to reflect and cultivate one of our five core values as a family. You say, what core values? I'm about to go there. Today, you're going to either love Encounter Church or you're going to know. Yeah. I encourage you, if anything I say today is like, I'm not sure about that. Pray about it. Think about it. Don't just let something rub you wrong. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Let the Word of God speak to you. Because God is bringing together and raising up a family, a mighty force to bring his kingdom into this city, to bring revival to our culture. But we've got to make sure, if we're going to help people encounter God, if that's what's going to happen, if we're going to reach, disciple, and revive, it's so important to have the right environment for that. It's so important... My friends, my family, it's so important to embrace the right values that will create the right environment for that to happen. Every one of us has a desired environment for our home and for our family, right? But how many of you know if you don't have the right values, you're not going to necessarily have the right environment in your home? You can want a peaceful environment, but if you don't have the right values... That environment ain't going to happen. It's important as a church family that we truly embrace together our family values. Now, you say, what are you, what do you mean? Obviously, in Counter Church, obviously, we embrace every single value found in here. All of them. I could give you a list of over a hundred biblical values, right? Obviously, hello, we're Christians. We believe the Bible. We embrace the Bible. We embrace every single word that was inspired by God in his word, right? We embrace, we adopt, we go with every value we see in the word of God. But It would be impossible to describe our values and remember them if there were a hundred. Hello? In fact, if th- th- this is something I really want to pitch to you guys today. Are we ready? If I can't tell somebody else what my church feels like in five words, it's not clear enough. It's not clear enough. Our values ought to be that clear. This, first of all, this is what Jesus and the kingdom of God is like. But you don't want to know about Encounter Church? This is what it's like. This is what it feels like there. When you go there, this is what you're going to encounter. This is what you're going to feel. This is what the environment at Encounter Church feels like. This is our culture. So again, we embrace, obviously, and teach Every value in the Bible, you guys know that. If you've been here any length of time, you'll know it. Keep on coming and you'll keep on knowing it, right? But how about our specific church family culture? 
You just think real quick, what's your family culture? Because we have some amazing, beautiful families in the Encounter family. But each family's a little different. Each family's a little different, right? What's your family culture? You're like, I don't even know. I've never even thought about it. Well, today's a good day to start thinking. What type of culture, what type of environment do you want in your home and your family? You know, Liz and I talk about this quite often. In fact, we had to be very intentional about this in the beginning because I come from South Georgia near Savannah, okay? Very Southern. Liz is from Chihuahua, Mexico. Properly pronounced Chihuahua, okay? She had different family values than I. Anybody ever notice that Latino family values and really, really white people family values tend to be different? Talk about culture shock. We stay up until midnight at Christmas? Aren't we supposed to go to bed so we can get up? No, that, okay. I always pick on them, but you said 7 o'clock at 7.30. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> One of our family values that may be different from yours is we highly value our kids being bilingual, okay? So we intentionally taught and made our kids speak Spanish first because they learned English from Peppa Pig <laughs> and from all of y'all, <laughs> right? Now, that may not be your family value, but for us, our culture, our environment, in our home, we want our kids to, to be bilingual, okay? It's just one of our... Every family has a different culture. Every family has a different value system. And they can all be good. So what's our church family culture? What are, if we could describe Encounter Church in five words what it feels like here, what the environment is, what would it be? It all boils down to our values. And, and actually, this is, this is very important. I want all of us to really get a hold of this today, all right? It doesn't take too much thought. Come on, tell your neighbor, it's a no-brainer. Now, not because you're not, you shouldn't use your brain. We've used our brain quite a bit in the process of recognizing our culture, right? But this is what I mean. If you have to really think about it, it's not a value. You may want it to be a value, right? Like, I may want exercise to be one of my highest values, but I'd have to really strive and think a lot about that to make it, for that to come up, right? It's getting better. It's coming up. But this is the deal. There's a lot of, What's the, there's a lot of ideals out there. And this is the thing. Your culture is already your culture. Now, it can change, yes. There can be an intentional change, but your values are already your values. If you have to think, what are my values? And you really have to think about it, it's probably not a value. If it's your value, listen. You're already living it. Our values are there. Our values come out, okay? And so with, with, with that being said, um, 
if you cut us, what do we bleed, right? If you cut me, I don't determine what comes out. I can't think it. Come on. If you cut me, I can't manipulate what's going to come out. I'm going to bleed what's in there. Thank God now I bleed COVID antibodies. Hallelujah. All right. <laughs> if I cut you, what do you believe? If you cut into Encounter Church, what would we just bleed? What would just come out? Are you ready for them? Now, when I say them, you're going to go, duh, duh. Even if you've only been here two or three weeks, you're going to go, yeah, I see that. If you're new, if you're new to the family, welcome. We're so glad you're here. You're getting a crash course in encounter family life today, right? In encounter culture. But if you've been around for a month, two months, seven years, when I say this, you're going to go, yeah, that's a no-brainer. We don't even have to think about it. It, is, it just is what it is. All right. Value number one. Encounter church, encounter family value number one is devotion. Devotion. And those of you following along in the Bible app are cheating. All right. Devotion, right? This is why... We constantly talk about daily Bible reading. It is such a high value to read the Bible. Prayer, worship, fasting, devotion, having a daily devotional, a, a quiet time with Jesus. Why? And I put it as, as value number one because our highest value is for you to be devoted to the Lord Jesus Christ. If, 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 if the rest of them, you know, the rest of them follow this, okay? Our highest value is devotion to Jesus. So you're going to hear a whole lot about feeding your devotion to Jesus. Our second core family value is holiness. Holiness. Yeah, that is a big one. We don't play here. Because God doesn't play. Last time I checked, the Bible says without holiness, no one can see the Lord. We, very, we place a very high value on living a holy life. Now, holier than thou? No. Perfect? No. Better than others? No. That's nonsense. That's religious nonsense. True holiness is to seek to be like God. To live a life of obedience to his word. To be different than the world and look like Jesus. Now, obviously, this is something that grows. You don't attain, you attain righteousness the very moment you receive Jesus as your Lord. The blood of Jesus washes you and places you in right standing with God. Totally righteous before him. But holiness is a lifestyle. It's a daily walk of I want to be like Jesus. Obedience to the word. Integrity. Testimony. Right? Holiness. I've heard it said like this. Righteousness 
is the wedding ring. But holiness is my daily faithfulness to my wife. Right? Righteousness is I've received Jesus as my Lord. I'm born again. I'm saved. Holiness is seeking to live every day more and more faithful to him. Holiness. So we have devotion, holiness. And number three, believe it or not, multiplication. Multiplication. When I explain it, you're going to know why. When we say multiplication, we don't just mean having babies. <laughs> Although the Encounter family has very much embraced that, especially over the past couple of years. But when, 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 this whole year is all about multiplying. I'm going to come back to this at the end. But multiplication, we literally just mean more, more of us. More, more souls won to Jesus. More people saved. More people born again. More people healed. More people set free. More disciples following Jesus. More churches planted. Multiplication. Come on, say multiplication. multiplication. Come on, tell somebody. That's you too. Yeah. Multiply. I'm going to come back to that to, to wrap it up here in just a minute because that's our main theme. But the fourth Core value, we've got devotion, holiness, multiplication. Number four, missions. Missions. And you may be beginning to, to think, wow, they do talk awfully a lot about all of this. All right? Like almost every one of our conversations is going to include something from here. But missions is another one which, by the way, we missed missions so much in 2020. I am just, can't wait to get back on a plane and go take the money to feed those kids in Cuba and go take those vitamins all of you guys donated and to go to new places to bring the kingdom of God. Listen, Jesus said we'll be witnesses in Jerusalem, in Samaria, in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth until every soul on the planet has heard the gospel. We are missions-hearted church. We do, you know, we, we do mission trips. We're always planning our next mission trip. We're always talking about planting churches, feeding kids, going into the nations. And if you haven't been yet on a mission trip, then I hope that this year is going to be your year, okay? Devotion, holiness, multiplication, missions, and finally, revival. When we say revival, we mean hosting the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We believe in Counter Church. We are called to be hosts of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That's when we have a high value for the tangible presence. Y'all, we don't, as you notice today, we don't just come in here and say, in fact, the third song got canceled today because the presence came so strong in the second one. We highly value the tangible presence of God. We don't just want to worship God from afar and know that he's with us. We like to feel it. 
We don't like to just talk about the Holy Spirit. We like to experience the Holy Spirit, right? We believe that God wants to pour his glory out and that God wants to use us to bring forth in our city an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Miracles, signs, wonders, the supernatural, healing, the presence, the convicting presence of the Holy Spirit, drawing people to Jesus. Our desire is to be a place where revival can happen and that from this place, revival can go forth and break out into our city and into our culture. Let's look at all five again. We've got, these are our five Devotion to Jesus, holiness, multiplication, which I'm going to end with here in just a minute, missions, and revival. Could we say them all together? Ready. Devotion, holiness, multiplication, missions, revival. This is the culture that we aim to multiply. Now, we're better at some of these than others, but... (laughs) We're good and good at all of them. I really believe that. And pretty much every one of our conversations and efforts and everything we do points to one of these values. So throughout this year, we're going to keep coming back. You're going to notice as we read through Mark, whoa, today my devotion to Jesus is being strengthened. Whoa, today I feel on fire for revival. Whoa, today I feel like I need to go to the nations or give some money or do something to support mission. Every single Sunday this year, one of these five core values, and sometimes a combo, is going to be being cultivated and strengthened in us. You know, I guess we could just say this is our DNA, right? I mean, okay, last time I checked, everybody in the room is human. Yeah? But don't we all have a little different DNA? And see, this is where it's so important to understand. Every church that embraces the word of God and the Holy Spirit is part of the kingdom of God. We're all on the same team. We're all in the same family, contrary to what some silly Christians say and do, bash other Christians. What a stupid thing to do. You know, if, there's, if there's, there's one stupid, dumb, foolish thing, it would be to bash another church or another Christian. That hit a vein. All right. In fact, one of my personal values is I will never, as a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ, never criticize another one. No matter how different they are, how different their methods are, we're on the same team, okay? But every church family has a little different DNA. This, come on, say, this is our DNA. This is the encounter way. Now, let's finish up today by taking a quick, brief glance at the value, our third value, which is multiplication. Come on, say multiplication. multiplication. We've already learned 
earlier that God's heart towards his word and his intended plan for his word is for his word to multiply. Multiplication is a theme that can be traced from Genesis to Revelation. It's a thread that runs throughout the whole Bible. Okay? Multiplication. In fact, can anybody remember what was God, the creator, what was his first command to human beings? Come on, let's go to the beginning of the Bible. This is Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, verses 27 and 28. So God created human beings in his own image. Every human being. Every human being. Red and yellow, black and white, born, unborn, whatever language you speak, wherever you came from. Every human being was equally created in the image of God. Come on, say, Imago Dei. We're all created in the image of God. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. I'm just let that sink in. That was God's design. We would do well to embrace God's design rather than rebel against it. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said this powerful phrase, be fruitful and be fruitful and multiply. Ah, fill the earth and govern it, reign over the fish and the sea, the birds and the sky and all the animals that scurry along the ground. This is the way I look at it, okay? He, he gave us two instructions. He first said, be fruitful and multiply, okay? Come on, say fruitful, fruitful. Multiply. multiply. This is what that speaks to me. I live in a way that gets results. Fruitful. Yes? Live my life in a way that gets results. Fruitful. But also... Make more of yourselves. <laughs> Multiply. And this is what I feel like the Lord is saying to us. Remember my first commandment. Be fruitful. Live in a way that gets results. Fruit. But also, go and make more of yourselves. Multiply. And yes, by all means, go and have more babies. Please be married and have more babies. But also, go and make more of yourselves, Christians. Go and multiply disciples. Oh, this is another thing I see here. God doesn't only call me to be a good disciple, fruit. He calls me to make more disciples, multiply. Being a good disciple is being fruitful, but making more disciples is multiply. Come on, turn to somebody and say one more time, be fruitful and multiply. Let's fast forward to a Abram, Abraham, right? Genesis 22. We know that uh, Abram and Sarai were, were uh, unable to have children. Uh, Sarai was unable to conceive and they had grown now very old, okay? And not only had she never been able to have children, but now she was past the age of having children. And in Genesis 
22 verses 15 through 18, the angel of the Lord called again to Abraham from heaven. This is what the Lord says. Because you have obeyed me. Because you've what? Obeyed. obeyed me and have not withheld your son, your only son. I swear by my own name. So we know God had, had blessed and supernaturally given the ability to Abraham and Sarah to have uh, their son Isaac. And now Abraham is, this is the story when God tells Abraham, go and offer Isaac as a sacrifice. And so here's Abraham taking Isaac and sacrificing him. And, but, but then we know God says, no, 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 don't do it. Now I know you truly fear me. Okay. And so he's saying, because you obeyed me and have not withheld even your son, your only son, I swear by my name that I will certainly bless you. I will multiply your descendants beyond number like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore your descendants will conquer the cities of their enemies and through your descendants all the nations of the earth will be blessed all because you obeyed me wow is right obedience leads to multiplication it's obedience to God's word that leads us to multiply another thing i think is so powerful in this story go back and read it is is that god's heart is to bless others through our obedience god's heart is to bless others through our multiplication he said abraham all the nations all the people groups on the earth from now on the rest of history all people are going to be blessed because of your obedience. It's because you obeyed me that I multiply you. And through your multiplied descendants, I'm going to bless everybody. Come on, say this with me. God wants to use me to bless others. I must multiply. How about the prophet Jeremiah? Jeremiah 30. Verses 18 and 19, this is what the Lord says, when I bring Israel home from captivity. So this is in the time when Israel has been exiled to Babylon and God's promising, I'm going to bring you back home, okay? When I bring you back home from captivity and restore their fortunes, Jerusalem will be rebuilt on its ruins and the place, the palace reconstructed as before. There will be joy and songs of thanksgiving and I will multiply my people, not diminish them. I will honor them, not despise them. Y'all, multiplication produces joy. It really does. When more people come to, just like when you have a baby, you grow your family, it produces joy. It does. Produces a lot of difficulty as well, but it produces joy. The joy greatly outweighs the challenge, right? Multiplication produces joy. And listen, I don't know of anything that gives me more joy than to see people come to Jesus. Than to see more souls born again into the kingdom. Than to see more disciples of Jesus made. Multiplication brings joy. In fact, it's an honor for God to multiply us. It's kind of one of the ways God honors us. By multiplying us. Finally, from the New Testament, we're going to take it from the Apostle Paul. He's writing to Timothy, okay? 
2 Timothy 2, 2. Come on, everybody, say 2, 2, 2. That'll make it real easy to remember, okay? 2 Timothy 2, 2. Paul is saying this to Timothy. The things, the doctrine, precepts, the admonitions. Anybody see word there? The word. This is the word of God, okay? The things, the doctrine, the precepts, the admonitions of some of my ministry, which you have heard me teach in the presence of many witnesses, entrust as a treasure to reliable and faithful men who will, also, uh, who will also be capable and qualified to teach others. Look at there. Multiply the culture of Jesus through the words of Jesus. We have four generations of disciples. Some people say it's five. It's four or five. We've got Paul, the apostle Paul, multiplying the words of Jesus into Timothy, and many witnesses, and he is telling them to multiply that into reliable and faithful people who will then be capable and qualified to multiply it into others. Paul, Timothy, faithful people, others. That's four multiplied generations of Jesus followers. This is what happens when the word of God spreads. Disciples get multiplied. As we multiply the words of Jesus, we multiply the culture of Jesus. We, come on, this is, this is the final thing here. We teach the word, model the word, and we plant the word in others. We teach it. Oh, but we don't just teach it. We model it with our lifestyle. And we plant the word of God in others. And as we do, as we pass along the values found in the word of God to others, and teach them to do the same thing with others. You get the theme here? Everything I receive, I give. And then I tell them, you give it too. And then they tell them, you give it too. As I pass along, as we pass along the values found in the word of God to others and teach them to do the same with others, we'll see a multiplication of disciples. It will happen. And listen, I believe our society's culture is gonna be infected with the counterculture of Jesus. The culture of Jesus, the environment of Jesus will invade our society's environment and culture as we multiply Jesus' values. And those values are found in his word. I know I've said it again and again, but you guys, family, disciples, we're going to multiply the culture of Jesus through the words of Jesus. We're going to live our lives in a way that gets results. We're going to be fruitful, but we're also going to make more disciples of Jesus. We're going to multiply 
that's the word for us this year. I've spoken about our DNA, specifically the culture and the environment, the values God has given us, devotion, holiness, multiplication, missions, revival. Today, you know, that's just the description of our family values, but all of God's values are found in His Word. And He's also given us the Holy Spirit to come upon us and to be inside of us. I love, this is, this is what I, I woke up with this in my heart praying it. It's no longer words in a book. It's no longer the Ten Commandments etched in stone. It's written in our hearts by the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit wants to put inside of you, not just knowledge up here, but He wants to put inside of you the values of Jesus so that you can follow Him and obey Him. Now, a question for each one of us today is, are my values in line with Jesus' values? Am I going with the flow of the culture or am I flowing with Jesus' counter-culture? Am I a chameleon that just blends in with my surroundings and just kind of, I'm like everybody else and just kind of go with the flow? Or have I made the decision to follow and obey and imitate Jesus as his disciple, which means my values, my culture, the environment I carry is different. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through His Word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.